Welcome to I Bought a Football Club. Um, my name is Stephen Cleave. Uh, episode two has come sooner than I thought. Um, it was going to be a week later, but we decided to bring that forward, mainly because um, the, 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 the ruling yesterday, as you probably saw from the FA Council, that the FA have agreed and, 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 and all matches from step three and below have been expunged, the results. And I've spoken to Jeff Thompson today and I've asked him whether he wanted to come on the programme. Now, Jeff, of course, is the chairman of South Shields and the owner of South Shields Football Club. And um, he's agreed. And so we're going to have a chat with Jeff, which I thought was fantastic. And we're, we're get, we'll get Jeff's point of view, which I'm sure he's got a lot to say on the issue. And then after that, we're going to have a little uh, catch up. because There has been some developments from the National League, from, from Kingsland Town's point of view, and uh, from any National League club for that matter, North, South and, and Main National League. So we're going to go through the updates with that as well. So there we go. Um, enjoy the show. Um, don't forget to ask me any any questions. Just go to the message link in the text. It will You will be allowed to click an audio recording you can make an audio recording and i can play it on the show and answer any questions that you may have uh, and keep them coming in i know some have come by email do you want to do it by email that's fine just send them to me and um, i can be i'll get in touch with you my email is chairman at kltown.co.uk that's it take care enjoy the show jeff uh, welcome to jeff thompson the uh Owner and chairman of South Shields Football Club. We'll try again, Jeff, shall we? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks for your patience. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. It's the least I could do. So, so where were we? What, what were we um, chatting about? We, we were talking about the health issues, which I think is important to bring up, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I made the point that, you know, some people will be listening and thinking, why are we talking about football at this difficult time? And, you know, it goes without saying that everyone's concerned about individuals health and family health and well-being and helping the uh, nhs get through this by abiding by the rules um so you know that that goes without saying but i think at some point you know we will return to to, to uh, normality and, and and at that point you know we'll be watching football again at some point in the future and obviously i'd like to think that the right decision been made during this period and that um, when we do return to football that um as i say things have been conducted correctly and and and, and you know we, we can we can look back and say the right decisions were made yeah no i agree with that wholeheartedly um football is important so is people's health but as you say life will go on at the end of this um situation horrible situation that so many of us find ourselves in and um we need to we need to do the right thing so that football does the right thing um, at the other end. So tell me, uh, Jeff. I mean, you got yourself involved. I mean, you're—I take it you're a local lad from South Shields, but there are. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Involved. What happened? Well, uh, I'm I'm born and bred in in South Shields, and you know, went to school in South Shields and in South Tyneside, so and educated locally. And I used to watch the club back in the early seventies um, when I was a younger lad with my late uncle and my dad. Um, but. You know, what happened was about five years back, I got a letter from one of our committee members. And at the time, I thought he was just looking for um, sponsorship. Um, and I hadn't realised the predicament the club were in. But basically, the club had been forced to play football literally 25 to 30 miles south. Uh, so we weren't even playing in our hometown. We were playing down in Peter Lee. And the club, quite frankly, were on the brink of extinction, really. And uh, once I'd heard that news, um, you know, I offered to help. And obviously things have progressed since then, and I, I eventually bought a ground. We brought, you know, brought the club back to our hometown, and then we've been on a bit of a crusade, if you like, since then. I mean, lots of hard work, not just from me, but from an awful lot of people 
and thankfully um, our fans and our sponsors have got behind what we're trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, the clubs in recent times um, progressed well. Uh, you know, there's still an awful lot to do, sure. but um, but you t- you touched earlier on you being a Chelsea fan, and you're quite right, Steve, to comment that you know South Shields um, has got an incredible heritage and history. You know, we were a football league club back in the late 20s, and I think we finally left the football league in 1930, sadly. Uh, but you know playing the likes of Chelsea and Man United and Man City, which is quite hard to believe. But um, unfortunately, the club has hit hard times over a number of occasions, on a number of occasions rather. Um, left the Football League in the 1930s. Um, we also moved to Gateshead and became Gateshead twice, actually, funnily enough, once in 1930 and again in 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our original ground, well, we've moved a couple of times, but the ground in 1974 was... Um, developed into housing and so we lost the ground but back to more current times you know I, I got involved five years ago we've moved ourselves back into a, a ground that's got the right ground grading for this league and the next and we've got a plan to further develop it cool. um, and, and, and more importantly we've been doing an awful lot in the community trying to you know we set up our own charitable foundation doing a lot with kids across all age groups across and, and around the borough um, we've set up our own academy and our own futures academy for the 11 to 16 year age group. So not to bore everyone to death, but there's a lot been going on outside of the progress that the first team have made. An awful lot of progress made, sure. you know, as a community-owned football club, or at least that's our intention. I'm moving towards a, a fan-owned model. We're not there yet, but we're we're on a journey to do so. Good. And, and and tell me, what was the ground before you moved back into it, Mariners Park? Was it was it was it a football stadium someone else, or did you just turn it? Well, well, yeah. Well, no. That uh, interestingly, the the club when they moved to Peter Lee, um, they were forced to do so because the lease had run out on what was well what is now Mariners Park. So we've effectively moved back. Um, but the, uh, the the irony was that you know the, the place hadn't had a lick of paint for thirty years, uh, with the greatest respect to the previous owner. Um, so it was one challenge to move back, but that was really just the start of the challenge, really, because you know, as I say, the clubhouse that we had it, it's still relatively modest, but it was it was dropping to bits, quite frankly. So it was one thing to move us back home, and I remember the first home game. You know, we'd had average gates down in Peter Lee of seventy. In our first season back in uh, uh, into uh, Northern Premier League Division Two, we weren't really sure how many people would turn up. I remember my wife and I and our, our vice chairman Gary Crutwell worrying about how many pies to order and how many programs to print. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, we ran out of beer and had to go up to, to Sainsbury's to get some cans of beer on, on the first home game. But my point is that you know the crowds even in that first season started to turn up in some decent numbers. And um, gosh, what, what was, what was yeah, the crowd so, out of interest? Do you remember? Um, uh, you know, that's a terrible thing for me to admit. I can't remember, <laughs> hundreds, but it was, it was, it was in the hundreds, yeah, yeah, the it, hundreds. Was, it was, yeah, yeah, in the hundreds. And we, we ended up averaging um, around 700 at our average home gate that first season back from, from memory. I think that's the number. And this um, season, it's huge. What, what was your average this season? It's massive, isn't it? Uh, just over 1600, but we've had crowds of over 3000 on occasion, you know, so it's. And interestingly, our crowds tend to be sort of back-end loaded because, you know, each season we've been competing well. So as the season progresses, we get more and more people through the gate. Uh, our last game against FC United of Manchester, there was over 3,000 people there. So oh, massive, um, massive, massive. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. Let's hope it continues. I'm sure, I'm sure it will with you at the helm. So driving it forward. Um, and of course, 
we could have met last season, couldn't we? Kingsley and Angel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm rather relieved one could argue that we didn't because, um, you know, if you go back to what happened, um, you know, we'd, we'd done well to get into um, a playoff position. One could argue we kind of perhaps could have got there, you know, you know, I think it was um, Farsley Celtic, of course, who got the automatic position. Anyway, we we didn't get to that automatic place, and we ended up in the playoffs. And we were uh, against Warrington, who eventually went on to compete with you guys. And I know you did a great job of beating them with the greatest respect to Warrington. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, sadly for us, you know, we were one 0 at half time in that playoff uh, final um, before we would have met you. Uh, but we uh, sadly didn't quite turn up in the second half and uh, we, we were beaten, to be fair, to Warrington. They deserved that and they went on and obviously had to face you guys. So yeah. you've had a great season since as well, Steve. So fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Although, like yours, it could all turn into nothing. So we have to yeah, we have to hope and pray that the right thing's done in football as you probably hope and pray that the right thing's going to be done for yourself as well. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. It's a real difficult one because, you know, we heard the news um, like many people um via social media and I know a lot's gone on in the last two and a bit weeks but just to sort of quickly go back in history so we we hear we hear that the decision by the Alliance Committee was to um, null and void the season yeah. just explain uh, what the Alliance Committee is to those that don't know yeah I mean basically it's a it's a small group of people uh, made up of the chair of uh, Northern Premier League the chair of Isthmian League the chair of the Southern League and it's also chaired by the vice chair of the FA um, and I think there was there might have been some representation from steps five and six. I'm not 100 percent certain of that, but a very small group. And um, I'm now uh, told and, and, and have it in writing that what happened was they were asked to meet the weekend of uh, well, from Friday, the 20th of March through until Monday, the 23rd. They were asked to meet um, to make a decision on what to do with our season. There was a difference of opinion. Um, Mark Harris, who's the chair of uh, Northern Premier League, I think, had voted initially to do a points per game or some other formula, uh, but eventually, um, you know, decided to go with, with with the other members of the group. I can't, you know, I can't say what because I wasn't at the meeting and I haven't seen the minutes. But sure. but suffice to say, we all know what happened. You know, the recommendation and the decision was to null and void. We all heard that on social media, and uh, and it was then that really I felt not only myself, but a whole host of other people involved at this level of football, step three and below, got involved in trying to um, lobby uh, lobby for a, uh, well, for some consultation and the potential to have a different decision. Uh, but what we all know now, Steve, of course, is that, um, you know, the, 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 the FA Council ratified the decision yesterday. Yes. That's made up of over, over 100 individuals yes. at various levels of the FA. Uh, and they were just simply asked, do they ratify it or not? So I don't believe they were given the choice of, well, here's an alternative. It was just, do they do they ratify their decision, yes or no? Um, yeah. So coming back to your question, you know, it's a relatively small group of people that um, made a decision over that weekend. And no, no disrespect, because I understand the difficulty that, that, that everybody's been under at this difficult time with this pandemic. But um, I do challenge whether the decision was done correctly you know in terms of governance and 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 whether it was inclusive and whether we've you know everybody's had an opportunity to wear their view that's my concern well, i agree because you have to i mean because let's be absolutely clear about this we i understand that the northern premier as you understand voted to end the season on points per game but they didn't give anyone in your league or the sub and all the isthmian for that matter a vote on the issue did they they just took the decision themselves as directors 
Yeah, that's correct. And then they reversed out of a decision when the Alliance Committee put pressure on them and said, OK, we'd like you to go null and void. And they said, OK, we'll do that then, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I think in, in, in essentially, yeah, that is exactly my understanding. Absolutely. And I've heard that from, from um, Mark Harris himself. OK, and then Mark Harris puts out, I was going to say a press release, it's not really a press release, but he sends a, note, a message last night, which you didn't give me, but someone else did. And I'm a little bit confused about this. It talks about the Bet Victor sponsorship termination. And as we know, they sponsor the league's the four leagues at your level, um, the Northern yep. Prem, the Southern Prem, the Southern Central, and also the Isthmian. And there's this very odd bit, which I don't understand. I wonder if you could shed some, light, shed some light on it for me, which says, this news was an important factor. He's talking about the termination by Victor. This news was an important factor in our decision-making, but one we could not divulge at that point due to contractual restrictions that have now been lifted, although we'll not be making any press announcement at this time. So I don't understand how the Victor sponsorship termination can have a factor on why they went to from points per game to null and void. I mean, can you help me with that one? Because I'm confused. Well, Steve, I have to say I received that 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 note from uh, from our league last night, and I read it as you have, obviously, and I have drawn the same questions and concerns having read it. I mean, it it raises more questions than answers. And again, with the greatest respect to uh, the individuals involved, I just do not see how. You know they've been informed of the loss of um, the Bet Victor sponsorship, which apparently, uh, from the letter, is due to complete or, or end on the 9th of July. Uh, that wasn't in the public domain, quite clearly. It may not be now, but you know I've seen a, a letter like you have from Mark explaining all of this. How on earth that is a factor in the decision? I I am I'm dumbfounded. I just do not understand that. Um, Right. And and the, and the fact that it's actually mentioned that that was a you know a, an important factor in their decision making. I I'm I'm sorry, and I don't mean to be you know rude or or, or difficult, but that just again raises all sorts of questions about the decision making process, governance, and how these decisions were made. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, it just doesn't make it make any sense. I mean, I read I read it four times. Well, I'm not particularly well educated, but I read it four times. I thought there must be lacking something in my education not to understand. <laughs> I really don't get it at all, you know. Um, but anyway, I thought it, it doesn't make any sense, does it, to really to? No, to no. In fact, it kind of rubs salt in the wounds, really, because, you know, it shouldn't have been a consideration at all. No, how can sponsorships be? A, anyway, it doesn't make any sense. But maybe it'll, maybe if something will come to life and someone can explain it to us. Who knows? So let's get this right. You then, rightly so, got a legal letter together, which probably cost you a few quid, and sent it out. You got a lot of people to back it. Yeah. Um, A lot of clubs, over 160 clubs. Is that right? Was it more than that now? Yeah, yeah, it's about 160. I mean, the the numbers are increasing. I I don't sort of keep a running total. But uh, actually, what happened to to begin with, you know, I, I made my personal views known just on social media, and that led to a whole host of other clubs contacting me and we at first just wrote an open letter to the FA um, but you're quite right Steve thereafter we've written a, a, a letter uh, drafted by our lawyers and that was received uh, last Friday I believe um, so we wanted to make sure that they'd received the legal letter um, you know in advance of the FA council meeting and I have to stress that you know the meet that sorry that letter was not intended to be you know aggressive or, or adversarial we were again just challenging the decision-making process, the level of communication, the, the the amount of inclusiveness, if you like. And I think it compares rather drastically the decision-making process to that that's been made or appears to be being made in steps one and two, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But to answer your question, yes, the letter was sent via our lawyers and, um, you know, many clubs that have signed that 
we'll now be considering, I, I know we are considering our next steps and I've got calls with our lawyers over the weekend just to think about what, what do we do next. Yeah, and that's the big question now, isn't it? What, what you do do next? Because um, I guess you, there's an arbitration option. I guess there's a court option, is there? Um, I don't yeah. know what other options there are. I mean, there's a re, I mean, I guess there's no way you can make, make them reconsider their mind. I mean, did, did, did the FA Council get to see your letters, all 120 of them or so, or did they not? Do you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that the, the, the legal letter we sent that was countersigned by the circa 160 clubs sure. was, was presented to the council members. Okay. Um, so I think there are a number of options. And again, we're kind of reserving our position on all of it. But I would say this, that there is a... In the FA rulebook, there is an arbitration process, a clause K, I believe it's called. Um, but, you know, I need to take some some further advice, as do with the other clubs affected by this. So we're going to take some further advice. We're, we're looking to either invoke that clause K and start the arbitration process or in the alternative to, 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 to sort of seek some other form of legal regress. But I, I can't say which no, yet because we haven't really we haven't had a chance to debate it. Um <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's a sad state of affairs because, you know, I, I recognise how difficult the situation is for everybody. And, you know, uh, I repeat myself, but, you know, the current coronavirus pandemic is, of every, you know, everybody's first priority. But, you know, we'll come back to football at some point. And I, I just I, I was hoping that we'd have we'd have a consistent approach, you know, that whether it's Liverpool and the Premier League, the EFL, National League, where you guys are, National League North and South, and, and, and of course, uh, Steps 3 and below, that there was a consistent approach, a consistent decision-making uh, method um, and fairness. And, 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 of course, at the moment, I don't believe that is the case. Yeah. Do you think it would make a difference to your case if, if Liverpool get to play their season out behind closed doors? Yeah, you know, and maybe the same happens in the championship, and maybe it happens legally at League One and League Two. Would that help your case? Do you think? And is it that one's being treated one way, and another club's being treated another way? Yeah, I mean, it has to surely, because again, the integrity of the English football pyramid is at stake here. You know, you can't have, you know, one set of rules for one group and a, and another for another group. It's just wrong. And yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I touched a moment ago, and Steve, you might be better informed than me, but my understanding for steps one and two is that. The, um, the situation is that the board have recommended um, a resolution be passed by the member clubs. That resolution is centred around uh, ending the season at the end of April, 25th of April, I think was the date that's mentioned. And that thereafter, if that resolution is approved by the by the member clubs, the, the, the same clubs will have an opportunity to debate and vote on what happens at, at steps one and two. Now, that is you know, a complete contrast to the process that's followed for steps three and below. Yeah, that's right. That is how, that, that is a, there's a, it, it is slightly broad, um, as you can probably imagine, the legal terminology. Um, how I understand it is that the, the, the conference and League One, sorry, the National League North, the National League South and the conference as a whole will get to vote on whether the season should terminate. And then what will happen is there'll be a further vote on the, only on the north and the south, whether it should be points per game or 
null and void. And then that decision's yeah. taken to the National League. Now, I don't understand why that's not all being done as a whole process as well, but that I'm having, look, I've got to look into that and try and understand it because I, I, I don't know yeah. why they're not all doing it together, why they're doing one, one, one decision with one lot and another decision with another lot. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But no doubt someone will explain that to me. I need, and I have asked yeah. the CEO for some clarification. But as you say, the, the, the difference is that we have got a bit of dialogue at least, and, and or hopefully, and we are going to at least have an input into the outcome, which, which you weren't afforded. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I applaud uh, the board at steps one and two for that. I think they've done a good job in that respect. Um, but of course, you know, let's take a scenario that the clubs vote for a null and void in steps one and two. Now, if that were to happen, it would weaken any arguments I and others might have at steps three and below. Um, Correct. Although it could be, you see, that we could vote National League North and South could vote null and void and then the National League could vote points per game. That's, yeah. <laughs> do you see what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, it's yeah. A ladder and ladder yeah. the way you think about it. That's why I don't understand it. But anyway, but I agree. See, then, and, then, and, then, and then you'd have an interesting argument, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The plot thickens, doesn't yeah. it? But I mean, again, we all hope for that consistency and that fairness. Correct. And uh, at the moment, that certainly hasn't been applied to clubs at steps three and below. And um, you know, I feel you know, you might argue that I'm bound to say that because South Shields, you know, is the chairman of the club, and you know, we're in a strong or we were in a strong position you know within our own league you, you might argue well I would say that wouldn't I but I think as I keep repeating there's more at stake here you know you've got fans who've invested their hard-earned money to watch 75 to 80 percent of a season sponsors who've done the same a whole host of volunteers and you know and, and individuals helping the club and 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 you know all of the clubs survive and prosper and participate in the, in the season and um you know, it's it's just a crying shame that, you know, that that's not being recognised. And I don't understand why a season that's 75 to 80 percent complete should be just expunged. And we don't know when the new season could start. You know, there's so much uncertainty around that. So it just seems completely contradictory to me. No, I agree. It doesn't make any sense to anyone. And, and in reality, you know, in my opinion, we should always be doing the, the, the next right thing. And the next right thing, surely, is, is is not to just to say it's null and void. And and let's let's look at this. If the FA Cup or the FA Vars or the FA Trophy was to continue, that would also be a nonsense, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, because then they're saying we're going to allow certain competitions. We're going to charge you the yellow cards and the red cards. We're going to let the FA Trophy and the FA Vars continue because we've got a vested interest in that. But we're not going to let the league games continue. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, I I completely agree, Steve. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, there's a couple of Northeast teams still involved in the Vars and it would be a travesty, of course, if uh, it didn't continue. So, you know, both Concert and Heaven are still involved in that competition and I'd love to see, you know, both of them get through. But but you're quite right that um, in the circumstance, it's just another contradiction if that, if that competition continues and ours what ours hasn't been able to yeah no i agree i agree it would be a nonsense and i'd hope it i hope it doesn't come down on that so let's just see where where, where it all ends up i guess you're going to speak to your lawyers over the weekend they're going to give you a view yep of which yeah you're going absolutely. To go. and then you're going to i mean is it something you're going to do on your own or are you going to club together with a few of the other clubs or haven't you got oh no no there's a there's already a, a strong sentiment to club together and i mean i've even heard on social media you know, fans talking about putting up a crowdfunding platform. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to suggest that that is the way we're going to do it because it probably won't be. But put it this way, there's enough of us already without us actually canvassing further opinion. But there's a strong, strong group around us who 
feel like we should take this uh, further. And, uh, and that's our intention. But again, you know, we, we have to have the right advice. We have to act logically and fairly and not with just emotion and knee jerk. But that's why we need the weekend just to sort of get some further advice, make sure we get everybody together that wants to be part of this process. And then we'll see where we are, certainly over the weekend and into early parts of next week. And of course, Steve, you know, again, um, we'll know a little bit more, I hope, in, in, in the near, very near future about st steps one and two. Yeah, well, that, exactly. Well, I think that would you you need you well. I mean, I think the problem is obviously that the English Football League are waiting for the Premier League and the National League are waiting for the English Football League and so on and so on and so on, and it all goes down the chain. And so yeah. we really need to get some decisions at the very top, which will help us at the at our end. Um, but I think at least if we get some clarity our end, that will help you because if we go points per game, that must help your situation and hopefully, I mean, it would help our situation for sure. And I think that's the right thing to do. I mean, the, the Ian Everett, the Barrow manager, mentioned that you know, and it's a good point that that exams we're not going to take exams from children and say, well, in actual fact, you've done eighty percent of your exams, but as you've not completed it, we're going to null and void your exam results. <laughs> um, they're not going to do that, are they? So it's, yeah. And it's exactly the same for football because we played. Okay, I know that's two years with an exam, and it's it's one year with a football game, but it's still you know, a yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good parallel to draw, and yeah. um, you know, it, you know, and likewise, similar examples elsewhere in sport. You know, the RFU have made different decisions, um, yeah. you know, different decisions in in Belgium and in Holland, I believe. So, yeah, it's frustrating that we haven't had that flexibility or that. That, that thinking so far from the from the FA and from the, the Alliance Committee. But I'm hoping that, um, well, I, I don't know what to say next, really. I mean, we're going to take a view following our legal advice. I'm, it's very, very sad and unfortunate that that step looks like it's going to be necessary, but, but we have to do what we have to do. Yeah, you do. And, 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 and I think it's the right thing to do. And you're doing the right thing. That's the point. Thank you. Yeah, you are, in my opinion, for sure. Thank you, um, Steve. No problems. No problem. I wish you luck with it. But I want, two more things I've got to talk to you about. One is you yep. mentioned at the beginning about a fan's own club. That's quite an interesting thing to say. Uh, so that would be you would give the is it the idea that you have a fans? Uh, you, you you I mean, how would you get them involved? How was your yeah? Well, well, I, ironically, again, given the pandemic situation, all of these plans have been put on ice a little. But we were well down the path. So what we've been doing is we've created a group structure. I'm going to bore you bore you for a moment but we've created a group structure so that you've got an operating company that basically runs the football club and an, an asset company that owns the football ground uh, and the group structure is is debt free um, and we've obviously gone through all the right legal steps in terms of making sure the articles of association are, are correct and the shareholders agreements are correct so that you've got all the right minority protections, you know, there's a quite a detailed process you've got to follow. But suffice to say, all of that legal work's done. All of the forecasting has been done. Um, we've got plans to further redevelop our ground, which was part of the story within the information memorandum. So in, in, in summary, um, we've got all of that work done. Um, we were planning to press the button on the 6th of April, ironically, but that hasn't happened. Uh, we have got over a thousand people who've already pre-registered their interest to become shareholders in the club, which is terrific. Right. And and we're in dialogue with those thousand people that have already pre-registered, just keeping them abreast of where we are. Right. Um, we've made a promotional video that we're, we would be launching soon. And we've got, as I say, a detailed sort of information pack that would go to shareholders. So to answer your question, the idea would be um, we would raise uh, up to a million pounds in this first tranche. And... Um, we're looking at 
20 pounds per share so selling 50,000 shares every single penny of the money raised every penny goes back into the club so I'm not you know I'm not benefiting sure. from it personally at all so okay. so I would dilute my equity but more importantly every pound that we raise goes into the club that gives the club um you know more working capital and more headroom to compete in whatever league we're in and then we would continue that process but you know alongside that we're we're building a new stand with a thousand seats that that's subject to planning but we're very close to getting our submission into a final shape for the planning committee at South Tyneside Council and we're also building a new academy building as well so there's a lot been going on at all sort of behind the scenes and, and and back to your question about the fan ownership you know I it's really important for me that um, the community are involved at the heart of the club and that the the club plays an important health and well-being role within our community. Sure. And, and this is the best way of sort of linking those two things together. Yeah, it's something that we're looking into as well. It's very important for us to do that. It's a, a yeah, the charity side of things is, is important because we are we are the middle of, of, you know, of the community. Should be the I think the football club should be the centre of the community. They should be at the centre of the community. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Steve. I mean, our own foundation, we set that up um, three years back now. And we're doing an awful lot of work, and I'm sure you guys are similar, and many, many other clubs as well. That, and this, by the way, sort of underpins why this step three to seven is so important because it's not just what goes on in the first team results, if you like, but it's also all of the work that clubs like ours and and many, 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 many others do in the community. And um, you know, we're um, our foundation's got sort of over 300 children involved in in sport. We're also, in addition delivering programs in primary schools to you know a further set of children measured in the hundreds and you know we've also got programs that we're running for a whole host of different age groups and other sports you know from dance boxing you name it there's a an awful lot going on within within the foundation and uh, we just want to keep growing that and keep delivering that so that the people of South Tyneside and South Shields uh, you know have some benefit from it and that the clubs as you've just said sitting at the center of all well at the center of our community as best we can Sure, no, that makes sense. And so, uh, what would the fifty thousand shares represent? Like ten percent of the club, or is there, is there a number? Uh, it's about twenty percent. So we have like a pre pre new money valuation, but, sure. but that's based on, um, you know, the the value of the current freehold, you know, the facilities. So, sure. So, so what the what what the what the the fans are investing in is a is an asset base with no debt. Yeah, well, that's good, and that's what it's all about: having football clubs with no debt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. They don't want debt. Um, well, look, that's been great. I've got to ask you one more thing. Yeah, go, go for it. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what, one of my, one of my, we, we, if you listen on Anchor, you, you get, you get a little bit of rock and rolls between between the various yeah, yeah. things. If you listen to anywhere else, you don't. Um, are you an ACDC fan, Jeff? Well, interestingly, I, I've met Brian Johnson on a number of occasions because he's a Geordie, oh, and he's uh, a Geordie. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is, and um, and my wife's played golf with his wife. Um, and so, yes, in short, I am. I am, yes. Oh, there you go. There fact, you go. He, used to, he used to play in a band called Geordie before he... He did? Yeah, yeah. And, and they used to play down at South Shields, would you believe, at the at the Union... Uh, sorry, the uh, British Legion, rather, in South Shields. Uh, so he used to play at the British Legion Club on a Sunday night for a band in a band called Geordie before he became famous within ACDC. So there you are, a little bit of another bit oh, of local how history. funny! <laughs> it all reverts back to ACDC. So we play. So we, I, I, I always give a thirty-second snippet after each interview of an ACDC song. So I don't know if there's any one particular one you particularly like. Uh, but it would have to be "You Shook Me All Night Long." All right. Well, I had that last. one. I'll put it on again for you. Oh, it, really, it, really is a, it really is a classic. <laughs> it isn't it? certainly and, is. Uh, 
Uh, so ne- on the next tour, we'll have to try. You'll have to ring up Brian and get us some tickets. I'll have to come on. Right, you. you're on. I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> see what you can do. Good. Steve, Good. lovely to talk We're to you. Not... Thanks a lot. You too. You too, Jack. Take care, take, mate. Take care. Good luck. And likewise, you. mate. All the very best. Take... Thanks, Thanks mate. Thank that you. was really fun, mate. Thanks a lot, Thank Steve. You. And yeah, we'll speak again really, in the next. Really we'll speak Thanks. in the next few days, mate. Yeah, we will. Cheers, we will. buddy. Good luck, mate. Definitely. Good luck. Thank Take you. Bye bye. Thank you. Well, I thought that was a great interview with Jeff Thompson from South Shields. I thought he came across really well and made his points brilliantly, and um, seemed as a very balanced and thoughtful and uh, genuine guy. And we wish him well. Um, with his um with his quest because i think it's it's a quest that it's it's worth um taking part in um to cancel the season would be a terrible injustice not just for south shields but for a number of other clubs including clubs such as jersey bulls and Vauxhall um, motors who have actually already mathematically won their leagues so how they can they don't need to have the end of the season they, they've already won them but there you go so that's that um now moving on to the uh, interesting news that came out last night. So the National League board met yesterday, which is Thursday. This is being recorded at lunchtime ish on Good Friday, and um, we got through an email uh, quite late last night. You know, eight o'clock was, or maybe eight forty-five was the, the the voting one, and five o'clock was this one. And um, what they're what they're saying is three things have happened. Now, one of the things they've asked for is the is the money from the Premier League, which they're going to distribute. Well, I don't believe that's coming now. I understand that's been the Premier League aren't going to give it to us. Now, there is some reasoning behind this, which is genuine. Um, so a lot of the money goes, as you probably know, to the, the the championship clubs. I think they get about four million quid. I might have these numbers wrong and I can't be bothered as it's Good Friday to look them up. But let's just say they get four million. And then let's say that the clubs in League One may gig, maybe get a million. Um, so if a club is to get relegated from the championship and go into the League One, then technically the... Um, the football English football league has got to recover three million pounds per 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 club for those relegated teams. So clearly that's an issue, um, and I think that's been one of the bugbears in terms of how the English football league can actually distribute the money. Are they able to distribute the money with those clubs are under the threat of relegation? And I can understand that. Um, that does make sense to me. Um, so at our level i guess there's some there's some truth to it as well but obviously the number is a lot less but for whatever reason i understand that money is now not coming through although we must remember that money isn't new money that money is the is money that is coming due to come in august stroke september being brought forward early i don't like doing that i mean i i, I am different to a lot of chairmen a lot of chairmen sell their season tickets for next season now but once you start that process you have to continue that process on you know forevermore um i prefer to keep each season separate and to keep the, there's nothing wrong with it either way it's just the way i prefer to do it i just prefer to keep each season in the season so i know where i am and i'm not spending next year's money now so for me getting that money early wouldn't have helped me at all because it all it is was next year's money which is budgeted for and we don't want to use that money um this season and, and i think some other clubs felt the same way as well but equally other clubs did want it so i can understand that there's a difference of opinion there so that's that now the second point was that they approved an ordinary resolution for clubs which is the the resolution essentially in english is to finish the season um, now so we agree to finish it but not how we finish it now this vote is is very interesting it's 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 a vote of the national league the national league north and the national league south so all three leagues as far as i understand this i think i've got this right um 
shall vote as one group for the finishing or continuance of this season. Um, and at the end of that vote, um, if enough clubs have voted, then the season will be finished. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that there'll be no playoffs and it doesn't necessarily mean that there'll be um, that, that anything else will happen. It's, it's not an expunging. It's not a points per game. It's just that the season is finishing. So it allows teams to, 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 to plan and move on. Now, this is the, that, that seems to me to be perfectly fine. The third part, um, and it's slightly more worrying, um, um, is as follows. Um, if the ordinary resolution, I'm, I'm going to read this to you. If the ordinary resolution is passed and the remaining normal season league matches of the season are cancelled, the league will then immediately proceed with a poll of North and South clubs to determine the outcomes of the season across those divisions. So, i.e., it's going to ask the North and the South, do we want null points per game or do we want it null and void? Fair enough, possibly. This will be followed by a vote to determine the outcomes of the season in the national division. So, what they're going to do is they're going to take the decision of the North and the South to the National League. So it could be quite possible for the North and the South to vote uh, um, null and void and for the National League to vote points per game. That seems a bit odd to me. Um, and that's the bit I need to really understand uh, because, you know, why aren't we doing the, the other, the, like we're doing the first vote on whether we finish the season, why aren't we doing the first vote, of, you know, why aren't we doing this vote um, in the same way and voting all clubs at the same time? I'm not sure why the answer to that question is. I have asked the question to the CEO, I'm waiting for a feedback on it. Um, to me, it's a little bit murky, not not murky is the wrong word to use, grey, and I just don't like grey, so I don't understand it. Um, if there was a a note with it saying it's why it's being done this way, then that would be that would be fine, but there isn't, um, so I don't, I don't know. So that's what that is. So I would expect that the season they would vote to finish the season. Um, that's what I. That's what the league are asking people to do. Um, they're not, you know, compelling them, but they're asking them. They think they said that's the board's view that we should, we should finish the season, and then and then they're going to come and ask us for 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 our input supposedly on that, which is great. Which I think is that they do that, then that's that's super. I just would. What we have to understand is that how the voting works in the North and the South and the National League is very is very odd. Not odd, but different. So the, the North and the South both had four votes each and the National League had one per club, which is 24 votes. So therefore, as you can read, for those of you that did four times two or four plus you know, four, plus four, we get eight. Um, so the National League North and the South have eight votes and the ones in the National League proper have 24 votes. Now, the reason for this is quite, quite just is that they don't want the North and the South to outvote the National League, which I understand that. So whether there's something to do with that as to why we're asking the North and the South first and then asking the National League for secondly, it may be it, I don't know. But that is just to give you an idea and obviously to change that and have a vote each for everyone might set a precedent which might be a problem in the future to the board. So I can understand it from all sides. I, was, I would just like a little bit more clarity on it so we can understand what's happening. So that's it. I think there's no more news. Um, I think everything has um, been, been quite clear. Um, I think now we'll get this vote through next week and then they hope by the end of April to come up with a resolution as to how we're going to finish the season and how the season's going to, going to play out. And there's so many different theories I've been told. I won't bore you with them here because none of them will come to fruition. Only one of them will. Um, well, maybe one of them will come to fruition, but the rest of them won't. So until we actually can nail down actual real things as opposed to figments of everyone's imagination i think it's just pointless pointless doing it um but we are we are guaranteed an input we're promised an input i hope it's i hope it's more than an input more um, it's a vote and the one thing that i've asked for and i think it's very important and most clubs have agreed with me on it is that it's transparent so once a club votes 
null and void or points per game that that is recorded and at the end when when the voting is um is, is put out there to the to, to everyone to the general public everyone should be able to see it that 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 vote is is it's, it's completely transparent it knocks the conspiracy theories on the head it exposes exactly how everyone's voted um, and it's a cornerstone of our democracy that is how mps vote as how the house of lords vote if you want to know how your mp voted you can look it up on any bill you can see it it's very easy to do it um, and therefore it should be the same and if you're in a uh, at, a, at an agm or an egm with the club, it's a show of hands. So when you have when you have a show of hands, it's very visible to everyone everyone in the room. So um, I've I've requested um, that that is done. So it's 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 transparent how every club's voted, and I do think that clubs should look and vote for the wider picture, for the football good as opposed for their own. Obviously, there's going to be no relegation from north and the north and the south, so there shouldn't be that going on. But I think clubs need to vote for the to do the right thing as opposed to look after their own self-interest here because next season they could find themselves in the same situation that we find ourselves in and, and others. So it, it is important that they that they, they understand the bigger picture because the small picture often disappears in the fullness of time and the bigger picture remains. So I would I would I would desperately ask ask that all clubs do the right thing because because I just think it's the it's the it's the right thing to do. But anyway, um transparency will help with that and um it will also allow fans to see exactly how people voted and give and give some closure on on, on, on the issue as well. Um, don't forget keep the messages coming all you need to do is press under the description of this podcast you'll be able to just press the messages uh, button you can ask me one you can leave an audio mail um, an audio sorry like or you can send me an email but you can leave an audio message and I can then play that on the program and answer it I've had a few emails feel free to email me if you wish to chairman at kltown.co.uk um, we're going to have more people on the program which you're going to enjoy listening to over the next couple of uh, sessions. Hopefully we'll get a podcast out every week, sometimes like this one, more than one a week when we think there's lots to talk about. Because after all, you know, these are you know, unprecedented times with lots going on. It's a moving target. There's all, there's all sorts of things happening. And I think that it's important to bring that to, the, to, to, to everyone so everyone can see where, where we are. Um, and we can take your views on board and get them, get them counted. I think that's important. Um, so that's it. Um, I've enjoyed it. I hope you have. And I'll speak again soon with you. Thanks. Bye bye.